Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Chef Marcella Valladolid joins us now, author of Familia. An Emmy-nominated celebrity chef, former Food Network host, now doing her own thing as a as a complete uh, entrepreneur. Uh, uh, Marcella, great to see you. Thank you for having me. And you got this brand new book out. What prompted this to writing this? Uh, mid, actually not mid pandemic, closer to the beginning of that pandemic, like a lot of planet earth, all of my projects just kind of ended. Productions ended, partnerships were put on hold. It was a scary time. And um, I decided to go online and teach cooking classes, basically just to kind of keep myself busy and not go crazy at zoom, um, with my sister Karina and it, it blew up. We were getting 1300 students per class from around the world it was pandemic so we would get not just a person in a square zoom square but we would get entire families and we would eat dinner together the thousands of people and me and my sister so it was like the most amazing thing and that's how the book came to be and you said that people would pay to get out to get on to yeah watch, that and was my they job got it, and they got a ticket that was my job during pandemic they got a very detailed document sometimes i would write up 10 pages um detailing the recipes where to buy the ingredients i would give them links to the ingredients i would explain the ingredients um, and they got the cooking class, and then they would get a recording of the class as well that they could keep and download and keep forever. Well, and it just worked out better than you could have imagined. Uh, it became it became this really huge thing, and we I eventually was able to sell this great book proposal, and now it's a I can't believe it's like a book sitting in front of you right now. Do they did your recipes and the classes take into a, how did it take into account that people weren't there live? Uh, they were there alive, but they weren't with you. Yes. Did you have to change how you did things? No, great question. I had to. I had to take advantage of the fact that uh, Zoom or that the um, gave me the capability of seeing all of my students. So I would literally be like, "Is this concept good with you? Can I move forward? Give me a thumbs up." And I would look at the squares, and if I had the majority of thumbs up, I could move forward. So it was really also a very interactive cooking class. We would open up the squares and ask questions like, "How's it looking? Do you almost show me your food?" And it would be like majority rules. If I saw that the Zoom squares all looked like I could move forward, I would move forward. So it was just really cool because it did feel very interactive. So Zoom was perfect for cooking. Yeah, for I mean, those classes, Because you could yes. see them. Yeah, exactly, exactly. We could see each other and we could talk to each other and there's a chat uh, option. So if, uh, you know, I would ignore the questions if it was something that was in the recipe and they ignored because they didn't pay attention. But if 10 people asked the same question, I knew to take a pause and address it. So it was really cool. And so that gave a prompt to this book. But in terms of the food you made, yes. what is your focus? Like what, what makes you you? Yes, my food, my food is homestyle Mexican food, but I would say a little more leaning towards like maybe California, a little fresher. 
um, I don't want to say a little bit healthier because I don't purposely make it healthy. But if you stick to the traditional methods of Mexican food, it is actually a healthy cuisine. I think that's what people don't know about our cuisine. Right. And that's what people are looking for now because they're looking to survive. And they're also noticing what's in their food. Exactly. And and I talk about that on my social media a lot. And I say it can be, you know, being on social media these days can give you so much anxiety because all you hear about is everything that's wrong with our food system and the world and how um, our health and all these things, which are super important to talk about. But I say, if you're overwhelmed, just go to something like these recipes where it's just asking you to cook with ingredients from scratch, whole ingredients, you know, shop the perimeter of the supermarket, get fresh ingredients, stay away from things that come from a box. It's not that complicated. Traditional methods will always give you healthy food. So describe your life growing up. You were going back and forth from California to from Tijuana. Yeah, I didn't realize how special that was until I started doing TV and I was doing an interview with the Wall Street Journal and they were like, wait a second, wait a second. You live in Tijuana because back and I lived in Tijuana. And cross the border every day. And I'm like, yeah, I grew up living in Tijuana. My mother and father were Mexican, but my mother was American born. I am American born. So we would cross the border literally every single day to go to school in San Diego with like my Tupperware container with like breakfast, waiting in line to get across. Wow. Yeah. So I grew up speaking both languages, eating both foods, both cultures. Like literally, I'm the perfect example of half and half. Right. And so it was interesting. They tried. Your parents wanted you to school here. Yes. Why is that? I think my for my mom, it was really important that we dominate both languages. She knew the import, how it would open, and she was absolutely right in my case, um, that it would open up a lot of, of doors for me to have. I already had citizenship because I was born here, so that papers were yeah. not an issue. Um, but spe- for her, it was really important that we were perfectly fluent and understood both languages and cultures. So do you, have you noticed, I'm sure you have, how, how into Tex-Mex and everything that Americans are? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think in the beginning of my career, I was kind of angry about it. But the reality is um, Tex-Mex is just like it's a different category of cuisine. And now I've become so much more inclusive and inviting of every sort of cuisine and type of cooking. And the reality is Tex-Mex introduced the country to a lot of the ingredients that I do work with, a lot of the authentic ingredients that I work with. So it's great. Was it a male dominated business when you got into it? Um, here's the thing. And I get asked this question a lot. I never, I never felt that I was at a disadvantage as a Latina. I grew up in a very, very proud, uh, matriarchal household where Mexican women ruled. Like my mom was a CEO, like the women in my family had all of the power. Um, not to say that the men didn't, but they weren't traditional, perhaps submissive, part of a patriarchal society, which is a lot of what we see on sitcoms, a hundred percent. So I, I grew up in that bubble where I was just extremely proud of being Mexican and being a woman that that became my superpower. So I never felt that I was at a disadvantage for me it was always looking at the landscape and seeing all the men and be like, they're missing, right. they're missing a Mexicana on there. <laughs> like that was just my attitude about it. I never felt at a disadvantage. It, it was not, it's never a do not enter sign for you. Just, no, I never yeah. felt like a victim. I always felt like it was my superpower. Hey folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's list, your go-to home services marketplace for getting all your jobs done. Well, Now, you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you. It's the nation's largest home services marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house. 
whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. So a couple of things. I guess the number one issue right now in America might be the border. Yes. And we have a mayor of New York and going to Ecuador, Mexico City, going to Panama. We have our secretary of state, our attorney general in Mexico City today. Mm -hmm. We have the mayor of uh, the mayor of Chicago at the border today in Texas. Yes. How do you view all this being someone for, who's, who's so familiar with both countries? You know what? It's such a tough question to answer. And I was just having a conversation with um, with uh, Allison. Uh, with Allison this morning about it. And and the reality is for those of us that live there and I do a lot to to um, try and and make people aware of what what's happening just in the sense that there are human lives involved and how can I help just as a human helping another human, staying away from politics. But for someone that lives there, I think, I don't want to say it's greatly exaggerated, but I definitely want to say there's a misunderstanding of how the those of us that live in the border, how we live and how we live, how we cross the border and how it impacts our lives. Um, I think there's a there's a misunderstanding of of what truly happens down there. Well, what, what about how you feel about? It? Is there a sense that Central and South America think this is one opportunity to get into those countries who so come one, come all? Do you worry about the families making it across? I absolutely worry. About, uh, I worry about route? the kids. I worry about the children. I worry about the children. And I'm I'm I definitely believe there should be. Listen, I've been there. I've actually been there uh, with humanitarian aid. And as a per, as a human just standing there, and it's I, I'm not a politician. I make enchiladas for a living. But as a human standing there, you can literally see how the access is kind of, you know, open. You can literally see that that it's not the hardest thing in the world to just literally cro- walk across. And as someone standing there and seeing this happen – you're like, how is how can this not be resolved? Like, mm-hmm. what is going on here, and why is this flow of people actually being permitted to come across the border? Like, it's all very confusing. What's being reported, and for those of us that actually have been down there trying to care for the children and the pregnant woman uh, and the teenagers, like, it's all very sad and very confusing and then, when oh, you're there. And a lot of people are Mexican, right? They're mostly from other countries passing through Mexico. Yes, absolutely. And and actually, it's actually one of the things that makes Tijuana one of the most amazing places on earth is that a lot of people come to Tijuana thinking they're going to be able to cross the border and they don't. So we've become this like massive melting pot of cultures and cuisines. And we have people from all over the world that live there and contribute to the food and the culture. And it's actually one of the most awesome places to be. And Jeff, how would you describe this book, the family recipes for people to sit down again and enjoy a family meal? Yeah, I talk about that a lot on my social media as well. I think we've lost a lot of those values. And I I saw it through pandemic, what it meant to 
to see families sitting together and eating together and what that does for us as a society, as a community to bring that back. You know, these these recipes are really easy to follow. I think it's the first cookbook ever where every recipe has been tested already by hundreds and thousands of people, which makes it pretty cool. And and that's why the word foolproof is on the cover. They're easy to follow and they'll get the whole family to the table. So do you, that entrepreneurial aspect, how much more satisfying is it to found and pioneer this way with Zoom and cooking as opposed to the success you already had on the Food Channel? I think it it gave me much more of an opportunity to be be authentic to myself and to cook what my audience had been asking me to cook my whole career. Um, It it was always hard for me to say, I can't cook these ingredients because uh, the the platforms that I am on deem them too difficult or the ingredients are not accessible or not recognizable. Oh, 100%. Um, so when I started doing these zoom cooking classes, I'm like, I'm just going to cook what I cook for my family. And I've found the biggest success in my career in working this way versus working the other way. And how do you explain the fascination people have? It seems to be with, with making food, like the food network and chefs like you, they seem to have hit a celebrity status. Not many people foresaw in the eighties and nineties. Why is that? Yeah, I think people, I mean, I can't speak for them, but I can speak like for the recipes that I'm putting out. I think a lot of, you know, where we were talking about the border, I think that for a lot of people, food is a way to connect to a place that's long gone or far away or different country. And I know that's what, that's what I realized in the pandemic during these classes and doing these recipes that the feedback was so huge and so powerful and so beautiful. And they weren't talking about the food. They were talking about the feeling. They were talking about where these, they're like, I haven't had that arroz rojo or that machaca burritos or what, whichever one of these recipes since I was a kid in like Morelia or Michoacan or Tijuana or whatever. So I think it, it becomes it becomes a connector that takes you back to a really beautiful place for most of us. Most uh, of us. And how do we get it? Uh, Familias, anywhere where books are sold. You know, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Talk to your local bookseller. It's all over the place. So. Oh, and you have a book signing? I do. I have a big book signing tonight in Brooklyn at a store called This is Latin America at 5 p.m. And we're going to have aguas frescas and Mexican candies. And we have, we're have we expecting a lot of people. You can't just sign a book. You have to make stuff. Oh, my God. I make it an event. We're giving away so many goodies. You know what it is? I just want to say thank you. In the You know how in cookbooks they always have like chefs give you quotes and stuff? I ask my followers for quotes and they're in my book and their handles are in my book because I wanted to thank my people, my familia, my followers for everything that they've done for me. Like everything I do is a celebration and I thank you to them because they're the reason I'm sitting with you right now. Gotcha. Yeah. Marcella, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Congratulations on the book. Thank you so much. All right. And pick it up. It's called Familia. And uh, Chef, thanks so much for being here. Great. Listen to the all-new Brett Bear podcast featuring Common Ground, in-depth talks with lawmakers from opposite sides of the aisle, along with all your Brett Bear favorites like his all-star panel and much more. Available now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.